Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ask IoT series on the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, the editor-in-chief of IoT for All. And this is episode number four and an episode that I am very excited about personally. Now, let me explain why. The first reason I am excited is because, first off, Mark Bielas is here co-hosting with me. Say hi, Mark. Hey. Tell him a little bit about you. Uh, my background's kind of at the intersection of architecture and computer science, specifically smart cities. So I write about smart cities for IoT for All. And in my day job, I am a project manager for an IoT platform company called Leverage. Very cool. And secondly, and probably more importantly, sorry, Mark, but <laughs> it is because of our guest today, Daniel Elizalde, who has been, if you've been following the IoT space and you know the major influencers who play a role in this space, you've definitely heard his name. So I'm super excited to have him on the show. But before I have Daniel jump in here and introduce himself, I do want to say that Daniel has been someone who has been a longtime member of the IoT for All community. He's contributed a ton of content, has been a big advocate for what we're trying to achieve. So it's a real honor to actually have him on here today. And I believe he's going to bring a ton of value to all these listeners. So first off, Daniel, welcome. And thank you for being on the show today. And why don't you take a quick 15, 20 seconds real quick to give our audience a little insight into exactly who you are. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan, for that uh, great introduction. I'm really flattered, uh, Mark. Happy to be here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to be in this episode because, like I said, I've been involved with what you're doing, and I think we're very aligned in trying to bring IoT for all, literally. Uh, so very excited about the conversation. Uh, a little bit of my, my background, I've been working on IoT-related products for about 20 years, you know, before it was cool. Uh, I've had all sorts of uh, technology and uh product-based roles, some executive roles as well. Uh, in my last company, I was uh, head of product for a company doing IoT solutions for energy storage and their smart grid. And then I decided to become a independent consultant. So I consult with companies working on IoT. I focus on IoT strategy. And I also teach at Stanford University. I teach um, IoT product strategy and life cycle in the continuing studies programs. And I also teach online. Uh, I also have a blog and that's how I've contributed to a lot of my content there. And I have a podcast, the IoT product leadership podcast as well. So I'm very excited to share my perspective on IoT from a product management perspective. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for that intro. Um, I think the last time you spoke or had a conversation was i don't know if it was like a year ago or so but it was either mwc or iot world i don't do you remember which event it was that we ran into each other and sat down for a bit i think it was iot world because okay. I, I think it was here in california okay that probably makes the most sense um but yeah i wanted to kind of have you catch us up a little bit on what's been going on since then i my i did have a question of asking if you're still teaching over at stanford but you already answered that um but yeah like what's been going on i know you're coaching and, and advising iot companies are there any companies that you know you're currently working with that would be worth mentioning or talking about any cool projects you're working on? I always know Mark loves learning about that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I've been I've been pretty busy, very fortunate. I've been full time as a consultant for about a year and a half, and so in the past year, I really rounded my practice on figuring out what is it that I that I offer. So I I just launched a new course at Stanford that I'm teaching right now, and it's about uh, life cycle management for IoT, and that's a complement to my strategy course. And of course, from that uh, comes the the online portion of it, and it comes the um, consulting portion with that material. 
um, I'm also very excited about my podcast because one of the, the things that I really strive for is not be too theoretical, but to bring the knowledge of people actually working on the trenches. And so my podcast is interviews with executives working in IoT companies. And I've been really fortunate to be able to interview you know, executives from Microsoft and Samsung and ABB and IBM. And so to bring that perspective, it really rounds up my approach. So I've been teaching at Stanford now for almost three years. Um, and one of the milestones that I'm really excited is that, you know, between online and clients and Stanford, et cetera, I've actually trained over 1,200 wow. uh, product professionals around the world. So really excited that my framework and my approach has, has been really well received and uh, and it's a very exciting year ahead of us. Daniel, if you could uh, boil down your framework or your approach, what uh, kind of stems through all of your classes and your podcast into one sentence, what would that be? Yes, great question. Um, so I call it the IoT Decision Framework and it's a way to get a structured approach to all the different components and decisions that you have to make in order to build an IoT product strategy. Incredible. Yeah. Before we start, I have I haven't practiced I haven't practiced that sentence at all. <laughs> well, it sounded great. It sounded like you've been practicing for a while. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, for uh, sure. One of the things Mark mentioned before we started this actually was that he said he actually almost took your class or something like that, right, Mark? Yeah, I was um, when I was looking to start uh, becoming a uh, a product manager in the IoT industry. I was looking for courses, and uh, through the entire process of of doing research, your class was definitely one of the ones that came, that kept coming up as as the greatest class in the field. So uh, I actually didn't end up taking it because I figured I would have a couple of months to start off and, and try to figure out um, what was going on in the industry. But now that I'm kind of reevaluating, I'm thinking of jumping back in. So if you could give uh, any advice, which class to start off with or Yeah, I think I think they're they're all a little bit different. So <clears throat> the material is uh, it's the same because it's all based on my own IP. Uh, but whether you take it in the online route, which is you know self study, and you're able to learn the concepts on your own and apply them, the ones that I teach at conferences or at Stanford, same idea, but it's focused more on the uh, hands on work with me right there and building a relationship with other professionals. So it depends on what you're looking for. What I have to say though, is that all of my classes uh, give you access to my private community in Slack for IoT professionals. So it's also a good way to connect with other practitioners that are in the same boat. So depends on whether you like to do it remotely or uh, meet me at one of the conferences or at Stanford, that's the way to do it. And I also do a lot of them um, in person for companies. And those are more like private events where we really dive deep into their specific problems, right? So uh, those are the three flavors, either online self-paced, uh, with me hand guiding it through my courses at Stanford or conferences, or deep dive uh, through your specific product at your company. So, And what are some of the, uh, the success stories or some of your favorite stories to come out of the uh, network of, of IoT leaders that you've been able to to build out? Yeah, I uh, there's there's several, and of course I can't talk about specifics, but the the feedback that I often get is how by taking my classes, people have been able to get a holistic picture of what it takes to build IoT products. And so it's not about specific 
uh, little tools and techniques, but it's how do you look at the whole picture? Because as you know, it's complex with hardware and networking and software, plus all the different internal stakeholders, external stakeholders. So they say that they have a path forward. And so now they understand the big picture and how to continue moving forward. And so some actual success stories, which um, might be a little bit counter, but with some of my clients, the success story was that they actually stopped their current initiatives. Because now that they understood all the different aspects that they hadn't thought about, they realized that uh, the, the path that they were taking was not going to drive them to success. Or that they already had planned this big multi-million dollar development investment. And now that they, you know, we work together on their product strategy, they're like, you know what, that's not the right thing to do. So we're going to save those millions of dollars and focus on strategy first. Right? So this change of mindset from like, let's just go and build something and then we'll figure out what to do to like, hey, let's stop. Let's understand the strategy, work with Daniel to figure out where we actually need to put our resources, both people and money, and then move forward. I think those are the biggest satisfactions that I've had working with my clients. Very cool. One of the things I know, just to kind of maybe help the listeners a bit, um, and something I'm kind of curious about is how, if at all, a product manager differs from a project manager, or are they basically one and the same in your mind? <clears throat> no, they are quite different. And uh, uh, they are uh, complementary in building and complete IoT solution. Okay. The way I see it, and I actually come from the project world and then I transition to okay. product. Um, I see product being more the strategic component that helps tie the needs of the company with the market mm -hmm. needs in order to figure out what product to build. Okay. The project manager, it's more about the execution of that okay. strategy. And it plays a incredibly important role in IoT because as you know, you have all these different components. So you have to coordinate between hardware and software and cloud and all those things. So the project manager is a person that strings along the execution of the strategy that was worked through the product manager in a right. nutshell. Okay. Gotcha. So you need yeah. both. You need both. So it seems sure. like then it's, it's very vital for the, the product manager to really understand the whole IoT tech stack. It is for sure. And that's one of the main things that I teach in terms of how a product manager for IoT differs from a non-IoT product sure. manager, which is it's not that it's black magic, right? It's just that it is more complex because it has more okay. parts. And you have to understand what are those parts, what are their challenges, and how they fit mm -hmm. together. And obviously, you can't expect a single product manager to be an expert in the sure. whole thing, but they have to be an expert in a specific area and understand the complexities and how the rest of the pieces are fit together so they can work together with other product managers to build a solution. Fair now, is, is there any skills or, or kind of, I guess, a background that you feel is, is more uh, critical or that is necessary to make a good product manager versus, you know, ones that you've seen that are not maybe as successful? Yeah, that's a great question. I think I'll answer it two ways. One is I think from a personal, like individual product manager, I think customer centricity is very important because we have to understand what is the problem that we're trying to solve for our customers, first and foremost. And then the second part that's more specific to IoT is the uh, systems thinking. Right? You have to be able to understand how systems are put together and, and what role you play within right. that system. 
And then the, the, the other side of the coin is I, I always like to focus on what product teams should look like. And I work with a lot of executives, product executives to build teams. And the idea is that you need to have a team that's strong in all the right. areas. That doesn't mean that you're going to have one person that's strong in all the areas. That I always joke that that person either doesn't exist or you that's can't afford it. That kind of ties it. into what I've read in some of your work about the unicorn PM. Okay. Right. Exactly. It, 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 it there's just not doesn't exist. And so the idea is to form very strong product teams. And that's why the skills vary. As long as you have customer centricity and system thinking, then you need to have me as a, for example, as a head of product, you need to have your technical jockey that knows backend cloud, but you also need to have the person that is expert in the industry or that understands better hardware or understands better software, right? And they all need to understand how the pieces fit together, but they have their areas of expertise. So as a product leader, you're building a strong team. Yeah. So I know, um, you know, Mark has talked to me a little bit about what he does as a systems engineer and kind of in the project management realm and focus on building that kind of team. Um, and, you know, for him, a lot of a lot of what he does is interfaces with the clients. So I wonder if Mark touched a little bit about on his experience with that, you know, building that strong team working with you said, like designers, engineers and project managers to really build a product and um, uh, help solve solutions. Yeah, I mean, as uh, as Daniel was saying, I don't think there's such thing as a unicorn PM. I think it's more so about developing a healthy amount of tension between people who are uh, subject matter experts. Mm-hmm. So the way we formatted our teams at Leverage is having individual leads for the project. So someone who is more client-facing for um development, so more so the technical feasibility of the project and implementation, and then also design. And the idea is that in these uh, in these kind of triads, you have individual vectors pulling towards different directions. So your project manager is always interested in the success of the project from a business perspective, from a, from a client business perspective. Your designer is always interested in having the end user be the happiest, and your developers are interested in something that's feasible, developing something that makes sense. And so that natural tension that, that develops does create kind of this, um, this final vector that leads to a successful project. Right. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. and I completely agree. And I think what makes IoT products even more challenging is that I always like to throw in a couple more disciplines that we need to incorporate. Uh, one of them is security. And the other one is um, regulations or mm-hmm. policy, and the other one is operations, right? And so, we as the as the people working on these f- solutions, we need to incorporate experts from those fields and have their opinions weigh in in the project from the very beginning, so that we can make sure that it's it's secure and it meets regulation, and we can actually maintain it once once it's out of the field, right? So I think that the 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 triad of developer, product manager, designer needs to be expanded to these other disciplines, and that's what's continues to add to the complexity yeah. of IoT. Would, have you seen something? No, I, I totally agree. I mean, uh, some of the responsibilities that I've personally started taking over in in the projects that I'm working on uh, tend to be sort of operational, because I mean, with any IoT deployment, uh, operations are going to be one of your biggest hurdles, and so. 
just being able to have access to that world and being able to share it with uh, with other project leads uh, already starts developing a uh, a more successful project because there's an understanding of not so much how the technology would work, but also how it would be implemented and how people would actually interface with it. So I I fully agree with that. Mm-hmm. And security, I mean, it goes without saying, uh, needs to be something that's at the forefront. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, so I guess before we kind of transition into these, into the Ask IoT questions segment of the show, I wanted to see if you could touch on one last thing that I came across and I was reading it it at a high level it made a lot of sense but I was hoping you could provide a quick overview of what it exactly means and that um, what I'm referring to is the t-shaped IOT product manager can you just explain that concept just a little bit more I know you touched on pieces of it earlier but if you could just kind of address it directly it would be um, great to hear yeah for sure um, that is a a the T-shape product manager has is a concept that's been around uh, for a while in terms of describing that the skills of a product manager needs to be like a T, like a, the letter T, right? So it means that you need to have skills that go horizontally across your product right. spectrum. And those need to be, you know, just a good understanding of those. But then you need to have deep vertical knowledge on some area. So basically you are an expert on something vertically and are familiar with all the components horizontally. And different people apply the concept in different ways, but the way it applies in IoT or the way I apply it in IoT is that we need to be horizontally savvy across the IoT technology stack. So we need to understand hardware, embedded software, communications, right, uh, cloud and, and front end, uh, understand it from a management perspective, right, and, and the challenges. And then we need to be vertically aligned in either one of those, like I'm the expert in cloud or I'm the expert embedded, or it could be you are the expert on the industry vertical, or it could be that you're the expert on the business models sure. for that solution. Right? And so that's what I mean that uh, when people think about all the things that need to happen mm-hmm. in IoT, people get... Um, a little bit, uh, you know, sad that oh, man. I'm never going to be able to know this. It's like, yeah, nobody can. But if you focus on selecting your T, um, that's how you can add a ton of value yeah, uh, to a team. Before jumping, I just wanted to touch on that point. Um, I think that kind of talks to also outside of the product managers is a lot of the value that we're seeing systems integrators play in the success of IoT deployments because they're understanding it from end to end. They may not necessarily handle every piece themselves because they will bring in partners but they as a you know as a systems integrator are able to understand it and i think that's kind of what you're getting at and the importance of um that t-shaped product manager for sure and and i agree the system integrators plays a, a very very important role and as a product person you have to understand that sometimes right. your customers might not be and customers might be system integrators and so what does that do to your business model to your roadmap, et cetera, right? Uh, Daniel, just to jump uh, a little bit back to what you were saying with the T-shaped product manager, uh, something that I've found to be true of most product managers that I speak to is that there is this uh, insatiable thirst for knowledge. And so a question that I have is, since within the field of IoT, as you're saying, there's so many different uh, areas of expertise that one can develop, the, the length of the T, if you will, where, how do you make the call of on 
where to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. That's something we all struggle with. Um, I think that by defining the T first, you have to have certain knowledge is there, right? So for example, if you don't have an understanding of the how the pieces in the technology stack fit together, like how hardware works and the, the life cycle and how does embedded work into it. So that's a good place to start. It's like make sure that you understand how these pieces work. And, and the boundary is understand it from a management perspective, right? Don't go in and learn, you know, circuit design and coding or algorithm design. I mean, if you want to, that's great, but not until you have your T, the basis of the T, you can go deeper. The other aspect is, um, and I use this on my IoT decision framework, is this decision areas, right? So we have to be knowledgeable on um, UX techniques and business modeling and big data management and security, as I mentioned before. So that is what forms the, the vertical part of the T. And so if you are new to security, well, spend some time learning about security so that you can be conversant. If you're new to um doing customer research, well, learn some of those techniques, et cetera. And the whole idea of where do you stop is, can you be conversant with the experts in those areas so that you can gain their trust and be able to bring them into the foil so that you can push forward the full now, solution? The goal is not to be an expert because otherwise you step on everybody's toes and you're never going to be the expert. Right? So that's where I draw those boundaries. Now, are there any uh, resources that you have found particularly helpful to develop that uh, breadth of knowledge? Um, yeah, I think what I've found useful in my mind is if you think about this idea of the T-shape, then there are very distinct disciplines in throughout the, the, the T-shape, right? So for example, let's say that you want to uh, get better at understanding how to manage hardware. Well. There's, there's a lot of books about how the hardware development process works. And then if you are needing to learn more about you know, interviewing customers, well, there's very interesting books or classes about that. So it's not a specific resource because there's so much to learn, but at least you can have a map of, okay, if I need to beef up on this particular area, this is the topic that I'm interested in. Okay, so who has the best content on those. And I have lists of uh, books that I've collected uh, and resources in those areas. Um, it's more of a library of knowledge, so to speak, uh, as opposed to like a single resource, right? Now, of course, you know, in, in things like IoT for All and my website have a lot of those compilations, but I think it's more about what area are you trying to get deeper knowledge on and then just learn that thing. There's no one book or one site that I found so far. Yep, that makes sense. All right, great. So let's um let's transition here to the to the Ask IoT questions. Um, if you guys both don't mind, I think we have sure. three about three questions that we had um, sent to us and you know through a few different channels that we collect questions from. I think the last one um, I threw in there just from from general stuff I was thinking about that I thought would be cool to discuss. So the first question we have today is in the product lifecycle of an IoT solution, we can take enterprise or consumer. Where do most problems lie in bringing that product or solution to life? And Daniel, I want you to start, and then Mark, have it go ahead and chime in. Yes, I, that's a great question. And I think um, the problems start, I think, before you even hit the life cycle. The, the number one challenge that I've seen most companies of all sizes uh, and on all 
verticals is not a clear understanding of what problem they're trying to solve. So we still see a lot of this um, shiny object syndrome that says, you know, we should do IoT because everybody's doing it or because it's cool or because we think it's going to improve our revenue. But there's no clear understanding that IoT is just a tool. And so you have to understand what goal you're after from a business perspective and then figure out if IoT is the right solution and then you can move to a product strategy. I think that part is is key and that's actually some of the content that I am teaching in my new Stanford class because I've seen that over and over again, right? Cool. Anything there, Mark? No? Good? No, yeah, that, that makes good. sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so the second question we have, um, uh, I'm going to read it exactly how it was sent. I am a small IoT startup looking to build out my MVP for a consumer IoT product. What advice can you give me to help me not break the bank and get an MVP built to gauge its viability? Yeah, I think that's a great question as well. And I think it goes back to the, the same question before, right? Um, I think that the MVP should be about understanding the customer problem and validating that you can have a feasible solution that customers are willing to pay for. And all that could be done without spending any money on building anything. At this point is research, it's mock-ups, it's putting together a couple of uh, prototypes that show the idea, right? So I think a lot of companies go full-fledged investing in developing when they don't even know if what they're developing is going to be a right solution. It's expensive, especially if it's a hardware-related item. It's very expensive to fix that or change or iterate on those pieces. So Yes, um, yes. So I think I've had actually... Go ahead. I've had some stories where uh, when I start engaging with with some companies, they say, well, we would like some help in our product strategy because we just started a manufacturing run in China for the first 10,000 devices. Right. And we don't really know. And it's like, wait, no, yeah. why are you doing right. that? Right. Yeah, well, so what are your thoughts then on like crowdsourcing uh, from like Indiegogo type campaigns, which a lot of consumer facing IoT products were developed from, um, or at least the funding was raised. Um, what are your thoughts on that channel as a as an option to to raise funding versus trying to fund it, you know, privately or personally, and then building an MVP and then going after you know money to to kind of scale it? What are your thoughts there? I think that's a good approach because you are validating that there is a need and people are actually willing to put their money on something. Um, so I I think that's okay. I am more focused on the industrial side of things and enterprise side of things. Sure. So um, I'm not that familiar with, with that level of funding, but I think that anything that can help you gain knowledge that people are willing to pay for mm -hmm. your solution is what you're after. Because everybody can say, yeah, this is great. But when you tell them, is it great enough for you to give me money? Right. That's when things start breaking. Absolutely. Okay, great. All right, as we go on to the next one, um... So we were sent this question on the best steps to follow to transition into a career in IoT, but there really wasn't too much background given. So what we're going to do is we're going to assume that this person um, has worked as a product manager in another industry and wants to move to be a product manager in IoT. What advice would you give them on making this switch? And let's speak particularly to kind of what to expect. We talked a little bit about this already, but how does it differ from other industries? And then what resources they look into to kind of help them with that transition or speed up that transition. I think both you and Mark should be able to comment on this from your guys' experiences. Sure. Mark, you want to start? Um, yeah, definitely. I think the first step is just start uh, consuming information as much as you can. Uh, for me, one of the greatest things was actually starting out with IoT for All 
um, simple articles. What is IoT? There's a lot of things that uh, most people would be, I guess, for some reason, ashamed to admit that they don't know. And my approach has always been admit that you don't know, ask that question, read up and be able to develop a baseline because end of the day, most of the people that you'll be speaking to won't, will not have done that research. So um, just voraciously research, research, research. Yeah, Daniel, what, what do you think, um, like, how does it really differ being a product manager in IoT versus other industries? I know, you, again, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but if you could elaborate on it, I, I think you'd probably be able to lend the most insight into that. Um, Mark's, you know, been heavily focused in IoT for most of his career. So I don't know what experience you have maybe dealing and working with people who want to become product managers, but come from a non-IoT background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, the the main difference, like I said, is that you have more pieces that you have to understand how they fit together in order to launch a product to market. Um, and those pieces, especially when you go into the industrial or enterprise, those pieces oftentimes are targeted to different users. So for example, uh, um, a system for uh, fleet management of trucks. Well, the hardware is going to be used by the installer and the mobile app by the driver, and then there's going to be dashboards for the fleet manager. And so understanding the complexities of all the different pieces that you have to build, not only from a user perspective, but from a stack perspective, I think that's a challenge. That's what's different. It's a different mindset. And so my advice for, for product managers to that are new to this is, like I said, understanding the whole T-shape and, and understanding how all, what are all the pieces and how they fit together. Mm -hmm. Now, the next the next uh, piece of advice is really to think of yourself as a product. Right. And so if you are the product and you are uh, looking to solve a problem for a company, then you need to think about the same things that you would as a product, right? What mm -hmm. kind of skill set you need to have? And more importantly, who is your target audience? Because I think one of the challenges is that IoT is such a big umbrella that when people tell me, I want to go into IoT. It's like, well, does that mean, you know, you know, what does that mean? Right. And so I, th I always advise them to say, what problem are you interested in solving? Mm -hmm. Then what industries are solving that problem? Okay. And then what companies are in that industry? Right. And then which companies have are looking for the skills that you have? And so that helps you narrow things significantly, right? I'm I'm big in the energy industry. So it's like, I can tell you, it's like if IoT for energy. Well, does that mean solar or or wind or storage? Okay, uh, smart grid. Okay, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And which companies are working for which pieces of the grid? And then after that, you connect with those people and find out what are you looking for? Right. right. Okay. Makes a lot of sense to me. Anything else, Mark? Good. Um, the, <laughs> the only thing for what to expect is uh, expect things to uh, go wrong. And, yeah. and and be able to think on your toes and, and it's that's, rapidly changing too. Yeah, that's that's all of the fun, in my opinion, is just being able to every day be forced to uh, to solve problems. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Great, for sure. So the last question we have um, is one I kind of threw in here. So before we wrap up, I'm actually curious to see what trends, Daniel, that you're seeing as you talk to companies from when it comes to business models. So I know it varies a lot by you know, type of company, the vertical they're in and so forth. But are there any new or emerging business models that you've seen to really be working in a certain space? And on the flip side of that, are there any business models that you are starting to see maybe being faded out because of one reason or another that have been prevalent for a really long time? 
Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, <clears throat> I think that the ability to have the connectivity, 24-7 connectivity mm -hmm. to the device, of course, enables as-a-service models. Sure. And so I think that although those models have been out there for a while, I'm starting to see the trend of people now actually starting to adopt them and start them to rolling out because people are realizing that it actually takes a lot of effort and product development to support some of those um, uh, business models. Right. And so I think it's, it's less about new business models, but I think it's more about the as-a-service models that we've been hearing for a few years are now starting to take uh, hold. Okay. And um, and the other thing that I'm seeing is that companies are realizing that, you know, the hype of things like um, predictive maintenance and those kind of uh, killer applications with business models, uh, you know, it's true that they exist, but they're realizing that those are like five steps down the road in the evolution of your offering and your business model. And so now what I'm seeing is that companies are starting with, okay, well, let's just start with monitoring and control and provide value there and see if we can monetize it. And then we can move to the next one and the next one and the next one. So I'm just seeing a uh, kind of like bringing back to earth these concepts that we've been kicking around as the the future of IoT mm -hmm. to just saying, yeah, We'll get there, but now this is how we get there little by little. So I'm seeing that that transition. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And something that I've kind of noticed is a lot of newer IoT companies who are coming in and selling, um, you know, their platform or you know trying to charge a per device model. Um, it's interesting to see the range of price per device that they're throwing out there because. I think a lot of these companies are very price sensitive, especially when you're talking about very large scale deployments and hundreds of thousands of sensors that, you know, trying to charge a couple dollars per sensor, as much as that might may on paper sound wonderful, it's not really realistic um, to have mm -hmm. to charge that per month. So I think what we're starting to see and we're going to eventually, you know, end here is is kind of that race to a really low per sensor cost for deployments outside of like some, maybe some freak situations because it just isn't affordable for companies to build IoT solutions that are large and scalable and see the ROI when they're paying, you know, a couple dollars a sensor and the sensor is the main driver of the solution for them. Mm -hmm. Yep, I, I, I can agree with that. And I think that also they're realizing that they need to couple it with services for sure to provide really. the value, right? So I think that that combination of product and service, I think it's also something that I'm seeing. And sometimes the monetization comes from the service, even though yeah. the uh, the cost comes from the product. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think you know, it's that whole package that, you know, being able to deliver not just the, the product, but also the services that is going to allow people to start um, rising to the top in their, you know, individual vertical. So I think that's a great point. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, Pretty much all the questions we have. Anything else, Mark? No? Good? Oh, cool. So the way I'd, I'd like to end this is just see if there's anything, Daniel, that you want to leave the audience with. And um, if, you know, if people have questions and they can reach out to you, what's the best way to do so? Um, and then obviously, I think the last thing I want to do is, you know, give you a second to plug your podcast because I listen to, to it and I think it's great. Thank you so much, Ryan. Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity, Ryan, Mark, for being here and, and collaate with you throughout the years on IoT for All. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, in terms of, <laughs> thank you. In terms of uh, leaving somebody uh, something for the audience, I think it's this idea that product strategy is is the key to success. And so 
IoT is a great tool and it has great potential, but without a clear understanding of the strategy of what are you trying to solve and for whom, then nothing else really, really gels together. Um, yeah. And then if, if people want to reach me, uh, I think my website is the, the easiest one. Um, it's my name, danielelisalde.com. Uh, you can find my, my articles there. Uh, my podcast is there. Um, IOTproductleadership.com also takes you to my website, and that's sometimes easier to spell than my last name. Um, so that way you can find all the content and all my conversations with product leaders and all my, uh, my thought leadership on the space, including my consulting and workshops and online courses. So IOTproductleadership.com or danielelisalde.com. Awesome. Yeah, we'll actually link all that up in the description of the episode so people will be able to hopefully find it pretty quickly. Um, Thank you. But like I said at the beginning, if if you've been paying attention to this space and kind of, you know, whether it's in the Twitterverse or anywhere else and you've seen the influencers, his, you know, Daniel's name has come up many times. So um, most people listening to this, I'm, I probably already know who you are, but I think this was a great episode overall to kind of dive a little bit more into what it is you do every day and some of your concepts that I think, you know, are tremendously valuable for a lot of the people listening. Um, I enjoyed it. I know Mark enjoyed it. Um, so again, we thank you so much for being on this episode and we hope to have you back at some point in the near future to, to kind of, you know, keep this relationship going and talk about some more fun things. I would love to do that. Thank you so much again and, and uh, have a great weekend guys. Thanks. You too. You too. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode today with Daniel Elizalde. Our ultimate goal is to provide you value in every piece of content that we create. So hopefully we were able to achieve that here today. If so, we would love it if you would leave a review or a rating on whichever platform you're listening to us on. If not, we would love to hear from you on thoughts on ways we could improve. Also, please remember with these Ask IoT series episodes, our goal is to take questions from you, the audience, and ask our experts on an episode. So if you ever have any questions about anything related to IoT or for our guests specifically, please tweet us at IoT for All or use the hashtag AskIoT and we'll be sure to see it and hopefully have your question featured on one of our episodes. Thanks again for listening.